0: Hello, everyone. My name is Jared Altick, and I'm a chaplain with the police department. The Hey Chaplain podcast brings you stories and wisdom about life and law enforcement, giving support and encouragement to those who wear the badge. All officers gripe about their lot in life. That doesn't bother me. If an officer is complaining, that's how I know they still have a pulse. But as I began recording interviews with police officers, I've noticed two things. First, that they have really amazing stories of their time in service. And second, that they really appreciated that other officers had similar experiences, the good, the bad, and the ugly. It helps to know that you're not serving in the uniquely worst law enforcement job in the history of law enforcement jobs. So I compiled excerpts from those interviews where officers from different departments and different decades shared their experiences with countless thousands of other officers to be an encouragement and say, Hey, you weren't the only one. In this episode, we talk about police cars. I ask these officers to describe the worst car they've ever driven, and look out, the venerable Crown Victoria makes the list more than once. We find out that half a dozen patrol cars are no match for an Isuzu rodeo, and I ask the question, have you ever totaled a police car? Finally, hang on to the end to hear about a pursuit that turned out to be more than it first appeared. In this episode, the officers I interviewed are all from the Kansas side of the Kansas City metro. Their experiences stretch from the 1960s to today in three different departments, but they all drove a police car.
1: I was a patrolman at Kansas City, Kansas Police Department in the 2000 teens. I
2: was a sergeant for the Overland Park Police Department SWAT team uh, from... 2006 to about 2011,
3: 2012. Uh, I was on a SWAT team with KCK from approximately 74 to about 77 or 78.
4: I was a sergeant on the sheriff's department back in the mid-80s.
5: I was a uh, patrolman. I was with Kansas City, Kansas from... The uh, early '90s to the early 2000s.
6: I was a sergeant at the Kansas City, Kansas Police Department in the 2010
0: decade. Describe the worst car you've ever driven.
3: Oh Lord! (laughs) There was two of them. Okay. One of them was a brand new car that our assistant chief got for us, and it was one of those little AMC's. Okay, describe what that is. That's a little bitty. Compact car that I'm a fairly large individual, and if I had a partner my size, when we both got in a car, our shoulders were touching. <laughs> uh, you didn't have room to do anything in them, and you could out run them on a skateboard. Yeah, yeah, they were just they didn't last very long. Okay, uh, the other car was the first car that I got when I was in the tactical unit. They were a take-home car because we were on call 24 hours a day. And I had to go to the street department and get an old stop sign and bend it to put it in the floorboard because there were so many holes in the floorboard.
0: I have heard that more than once. Yes, of using using a like an old stop sign as as scrap metal yep. to replace a rusted out floorboard.
3: That's what we had to do in it. Put wow! A, put a stop sign down, then put a mat over the top of it to keep the dirt and dust from blowing in off the road. Wow! But that lasted for several years. And it worked. <laughs>
0: Okay. Did you ever, ever have a favorite car?
3: Yeah, my favorite car I think was a uh, seventy. I think it was. I believe it was a seventy-two. Okay. Plymouth Fury. It okay. was two-door. I had an attack in it, and it run good, and it was a good-looking car, and handled real well. I think probably
4: one of the worst vehicles I've ever had to uh, drive. Was uh, it's one of those little Chevys that they had back in the eighties that uh, they were experimenting with to, to see if they could, uh, you know, get some gas mileage out of them? And, and this thing, it was small. It was it was a, a hard to drive. It was rough, and I had done something to upset the chief deputy one time, and uh, he was. Uh, very open about okay, I'm gonna get you, and uh, he did. He got me. So for for about a month straight, I transported prisoners from from Wyandotte County Jail to to Osawatomie, to Larned, to Hutchinson. All those nice places that that you know you got a nice long boring horrible strip and inmates complaining about their comfort. So uh, two things happened from that. I learned to keep my mouth shut, <laughs> and I learned to hate those little cars.
2: <laughs> in the early 2000s, late 90s, was kind of the uh, proliferation of in-car video. And it had just kind of come around in the late 90s, so that included a the old VCR mm. for you kids out there. Uh, So we actually had a VCR in the trunk, and then we had a camera in the front, and they had the controls and that kind of thing. So, And that was okay. But you're constantly running through tapes, and you might have a DUI that eats up a whole tape. Uh, You might go on a call that lasts several hours, and you haven't been back to your car in several hours, but you ran hot, Mm -hmm. also known as lights and sirens. You ran hot, you didn't turn your camera off, and it just ran and so you just constantly changing out tapes. But then, if you had evidence on the tape, like a DUI or you got a statement on tape or something like that, well, now it's evidence. But now you have to log it and you have to submit it as property. Then, when it's time for court, you got to go get it out of property. Then you got to queue it up and you got to have the timestamps. And it was just over and over and over. So it was so 90s <laughs> um, as opposed to now, when yep. everything's digital and timestamps and
0: everything was analog
2: analog yeah yeah. now you can bookmark stuff and find it and have it all ready to go before you even And it uploads to the cloud and all kinds of stuff so yeah the vcr and the vcr tapes were a pain were those in the trunk of the car or yeah the vcrs were in the trunk of the car the camera was right there in the windshield and you had a mic on your belt or you had it Mike, uh, we well, had the mic clip on your belt, and then you had a wire running up to your collar. You'd get out of the car, or you'd uh, get somebody's car, and uh, like trash. There's tapes, right. it's VCR tapes. <laughs> because right. you just imagine uh, somebody vomited a old blockbuster in the back of a show car, there, and you're like, oh my gosh, there's <laughs> twenty tapes back here. Wow.
0: Describe the worst car you've ever driven. I mean, ironically, that would be a Crown Victoria. Okay. Why do you say ironically?
6: Because they're like the icon of police work. Okay. okay. You, know? you you can't not like a Crown Victoria as a cop, but you can also hate them. Mid-2000s, there were a couple years that Ford's paint on the white ones just came off. Yeah. And they wouldn't warranty him, and... I guess, I don't know what the thinking was, but we never fixed them. So there's all these white Crown Vicks with just rust all over them. Yeah. Um, my first chaplain's car was like that. Okay. Yeah. I mean, to the extent where, well, Johnny Rowland was flying over in his helicopter one day when he had an officer involved shooting. And they were looking at the police cars out in front of this building at 14th and Central. And they're like, oh, my God, that police car is all shot up. No. No. It's just got missing paint and rust all
0: over that it. It's just got big rust. Yeah. They're like, and, oh, what were they shooting yeah.
6: at that thing with? And, no. Um, yeah, it was a spare car. I mean, our cars get used hard anyway because they right. just go from person to person to person. Running 24 hours of that. Yeah. yeah. And then if it becomes a spare car, then it's treated like the red-headed stepchild Mm -hmm. because nobody cleans it, nobody takes care of it, and this car had no carpet in it. Um, You could tell the foam in the seats was probably gone for about three years because it was just frame with fabric on it. Yeah. Um, There was no door panel on the inside of the driver's side. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Okay. Yeah. One of the best for us.
1: Yeah, that's right.
0: Describe the worst car you've ever driven.
1: There's been so many. (laughs) Uh, about the time we were phasing out the Crown Vicks and going to the Explorers, there were a handful of, of cars that nothing seemed to work right or the, the, the damages that were done on the inside of the car was horrible. Uh, being my stature, the driver's seat was always something that I needed to take into consideration. Uh, if you get a car that's been used by some of the more veteran officers, that seat tends to be a little bit broken and it could wobble. Yeah. Uh, the floorboard could have rusted out by now so you're, you're driving around you're hearing the metal on metal connection because the carpet's gone from people getting in and out of it so much uh, I don't remember the car number but one car I mean literally the hood was like maybe a little bit of white paint the rest was rust uh, and it's just because I mean the cars were old and they needed to be replaced but you know budget wasn't there to replace them or they were spare cars so will only be able to use for a temporary time but the temporary time turned into six months, right? And so you're driving around out west or in midtown. You're driving around somewhere, and your car looks like trash compared to, you know, the brand new car that's sitting right next to you. Or and you're like, oh. yeah. And no matter what Crown Vic you got into, there was always you know some type of transmission issue, you know, from you know, dropping and going because of pursuits or whatnot. Right. So. It, our lights, lights would randomly come on. I mean, so there's that one car, like the early 2000s Crown Vicks that were being replaced at the end, that group took up eating. Yeah. And they were, I mean, rust buckets, you know, damaged seats that would shake on you, you know, couplers that were broken, lights that wouldn't work or would work randomly. You're like, sorry, didn't mean to whip, you know, whip my horn at you. It's my bad, it's the yeah. car. <laughs>
0: If we have that the Crown Vic I drive. If I hit a bump too hard, it'll turn the lights on.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah, Whoop. yeah.
1: Sorry, no, you're good. Just keep going. Just, just keep going. <laughs> I mean, that's that's kind of how it turns out to sometimes. But and the cars, I mean, they they were just, yeah.
5: Worst car we had were the 1990. I think they're 90 Ford LTD Crown Vics. The big they were boxy and they actually kind of looked cool with the fat tires. They, uh, we used to joke they couldn't catch a cold <laughs> um the uh we actually in the summertime and we got in trouble we are this is one of the things that kind of annoyed me we'd actually just pop the hood just so they're still latched just to keep them cool enough to run down the road you oh, know, otherwise no. if you, otherwise they would have a tendency to overheat and the the uh, commander saw that and just had a fit like it looks terrible okay. that's what you we're working with what you gave us okay yeah 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 really. uh, looks terrible or not it works it also
0: um, looks terrible. It'll be overheated on the side of the road
5: too. So. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> the second they were actually okay cars, but the second worst cars we had were the ones we replaced. Those they were, I think like ninety three Chevys or in, um, pause. Um, the, the the city didn't order the right spring package up front, so they would bottom out every time. I and mean, we had guys get like sixty days off for bottom out cars that wasn't their fault. Right. It's like, and yeah, okay. But that's when they put the start putting the speakers in, on the front bumper. Uh huh. I got started right before OSHA mandated this siren speakers be on the front of the car. When mm-hmm. I first started, they were literally overhead. Oh, really? Yeah. And if you made a very long run, I used to joke your head was throbbing visibly when you got there.
0: Oh, wow. Um, that was the one I was glad to see go. Um, see, I have never thought about that. Yeah. The, how loud the siren would be inside the car if it were that close to your head.
5: I mean, you roll your windows, and you but you, you could hear someone running hot. I mean... It, right. even now you can but back then it was it was it was truly annoying
0: describe the worst car you've ever driven of course you worked in in park so you guys don't have that oh no right? i
2: got a good one there <laughs> i got a good one we do have nice stuff but um we had a, a we had an old van and i'm gonna guess it what it was i knew it was a ford and it was probably uh, in the 80s okay it was your classic-looking A-team-looking van, you know.
0: Tana Lines or whatever they were yeah, called.
2: Yeah, yeah. Panel van, and it had had several different roles. Surveillance van, CNT van, cargo van, sure. um, all kinds of stuff. Well, it was sitting in the back lot, and the uh, Overland Park SWAT team had just gone full-time, and I needed a van to transport the team, and we, but we didn't have one. And so I found in the back lot, I said, hey— Can I have that van back there? Can we use that van? They're like, sure. You know, If you want to try it, if you can get it started. Well, we got it started. We actually found a little bit of money to fix it up a little bit. Got some leftover locker room benches and took it down to the interior shop. And they put it in for us just to to be nice. They just bolted them to the ground for us. Uh, it already had a flat deck, so that, like I yeah. said, it was a negotiator van for a little while and a surveillance van, so there was some desk space in there. We took all those out, left the floor in, put the benches in. Hey, and all of a sudden, I got this pretty covert-looking van that looks like a piece of crap from yeah. the outside.
0: <laughs> Which but might be could, an advantage. It yeah.
2: was. Yeah. It was. We had several people just look at it, and you're like, that's our guy, and he has no idea that there's a team sitting in here waiting to take him down. And... uh so we used it for a while, but it started a piece of junk. We fixed it up a little bit. Then the boss said, "We're not putting another dime into that truck, and you know it, it needs to run itself off the road or something." And we were sitting on an operation one day, freezing cold, so we had to leave it running to keep the heat going. And we're like, "Man, that kind of stinks in here." Now we can't smell carbon monoxide, obviously, but there was just some exhaust smell. And we look and we pull up the carpet and the floor had rusted through right above the exhaust pipe. Yeah. And I said, well, "Okay, it finally found its way off the road. We're not yeah. sitting and in here much longer." Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh, fortunately, the operation pretty much came to an end. Some of it came to an end because I told the command, I said, "Hey, we got this problem with this car. We need to get out of here." So they kind of sped it up a little bit. Yeah. And uh but yeah, that was the biggest, worst piece of junk I've ever seen. But it served its purpose, and now it's like this cult hero of a vehicle. Right, right. And uh, it's legendary. Yeah, yeah. And a little funny side note to it is, it, it was cream colored with plenty of rust. Right. Uh, crickety. You'd open it right. when you open the door. Well, we have this uh, friendly rivalry with Lenexa, especially Lenexa SWAT, Overland Park on Lenexa SWAT. They don't, we don't really mix. But if it if it's go time, boy, that's two good teams to put together. Mm-hmm. But we have, we have the, uh, the old classic football team athlete rivalry with them. Right. Well, we thought it'd be funny. We got one of the classic uh, I Like Lenexa bumper stickers and stuck two of them on the back of our junky van, drove it around in their city.
0: <laughs> that's great. That's great. That's awesome. Have you ever totaled a police car?
1: Yes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay. Now you have to, and I don't want you to tell a story. You might. I I'd assume everything is far enough back. You're not it's, get in
1: it, yeah. It's. Yeah. No, no me, one's like going to get in trouble for that okay. I mean, I've already served my time for it, <laughs> so uh, it's it's okay. Okay. It was up here at the Legends, uh, kind of right when Best Buy and Taco Bell were just getting put in over there, and we had a call of. Uh, some type of shoplifter from Walmart that had ran on foot and they were heading over to Best Buy. And the uncontrolled intersection just to the north of 106th Parallel, right there now where Wendy's and Starbucks are at. Uh, I came to that intersection, looked left, looked right. Green light was heading for northbound coming from the Legends straight out and there was another cop over there. And I proceeded through the intersection, and about three, four, about halfway through the intersection, I realized, I'm not going to make it. This car that's coming flying past the cop to my right is going to smash into me. So I gunned it. I ended up hitting the gas tank on the Crown Vic and just spun me around in 360. Oh, wow. And so that, that whole car, you know, I think they ended up repairing it, but eventually it got taken out of service. All
0: right. Have you ever totaled a police car?
1: I have not. I have had two on-duty accidents.
6: One was I hit a deer, and all it did was knock off a mirror. And uh, the other one was I just bumped a car when I I was pulling him over, and he kind of stopped abruptly. And I threw it in park, and it kept moving, and bonk.
0: (laughs) Um, I was going to say, you're the first person I've asked. I don't know what the statistics are, but you're the first person I've asked who said no. Uh, everybody else it. has a pretty good...
6: Yeah, I mean, it wasn't an accident. I guess you could if you just go with just, I totaled it, we did. Um, back in the late 90s, we had a stretch here where people are, were dressing up like a SWAT team and going and kicking in doors of drug houses and ripping off the money and dope. Robbing them, yeah. And we had missed several of them, always got there too late. Well, like a drug dealer wants to call the police for help. Right. You know, that's kind of... But we got called one down in Turner, and fortunately, the duty officers got there quick enough. And so they surrounded the house, and the sergeant, they get there, and they're like, oh, this, this you know, they, they'd given great information over the phone about what happened, how many people there were, what they had done. So we knew, yeah, this is this is legit. And the sergeant uh, goes, has anyone even tried to knock on the door? Well, there were shots fired. Oh, no, he marches right up there. Through the door, oh, he wow. comes running off. Okay, now we're now we're in a barricade, and so it's it's one of those ranch houses with um, the two garages underneath. Okay, both garage doors were down, and there was a basketball goal, and all of a sudden the garage door starts coming off. They had gotten inside of an Suzu. Rodeo. If you ever want a tough vehicle, get in a Resouzu Rodeo. Okay. So they take the garage off and knock down the basketball goal. The sergeant's car was parked kind of halfway in the driveway, shoves the sergeant's car out of the way. Well, we had probably a dozen police cars around the area, shutting off the road and that sort right. of thing. And I was actually on training. And uh, I'd been driving all night. And my FTO says somebody was out in their front yard right across the street from the house, out there watching. He's like, go tell them to get back in the house. So I get out. I walk up and say, hey, you need to be in the house. They're shooting guns and stuff's getting crazy. I come back, and he's sitting in the driver's seat. And I said, if this takes off, I will never, ever forgive you. He goes, that's why I'm driving. Well, sure enough, here comes this rodeo up through the garage door, shoves the sergeant's car, and off we go. I mean, it was it was like some Dukes of Hazard sort of stuff. We were driving through the schoolyard and just whipping through gas stations, and it goes down uh, Shawnee Drive, down Forty Seventh, down to Merriam. And I mean, the passengers leaning out the window shooting. Oh, there were three or four, think about four of us. Um, and the night chief, who was the deputy chief at the time, says, "Do not let that car leave the city." do take whatever means necessary to take it out okay so we start hitting it well we've never been trained on the pit maneuver or tvi so we're hitting this thing and ramming it and trying to just knock it any which way and we're going around the curve there from miriam we'd hit it probably a half dozen times already a couple of other cars were pretty smashed up already their radiators were going out and and my fto gets it and gets right underneath the driver's side rear wheel and it literally comes up on the hood and we're pushing it and it's like oh it's going to go over oh no that thing just bounces up comes back down on all fours and our hood is now straight up in front of our windshield and we're done <laughs> but yeah we ended up taking out i think six cars that night because it ended up all the way up in gladstone and, uh, it was nuts
0: <laughs> so it made it to another city and yeah. it took out several cop cars on the way
6: yeah good thing was we got to go home they ended up and it was hot it was august something and they ended up sitting on that thing where they wouldn't come out of the car for like 24 hours. Oh, wow. Sitting in somebody's backyard. And the only reason it stopped was it went through somebody's yard and got hung up on some landscape timbers. And it was just high-centered and stuff. Oh, really?
2: But, yeah, that was an all-nighter, all-day before they finally gave up. So I went, to a, I went to a Burglar in Progress. And this is one of the first nights we got what we called a slick top. So we got the Crown Vic. And in Overland Park, we had at the time we had like three different colors of these new Crown Vicks. Boy, they were beautiful. We had this like candy apple red one, we had a dark charcoal one, and we had white. Well, the community wasn't used to it, and we had what we call some call it a ghost sticker. We call it a sli- uh, slick top. Okay. Well, it's the transparent or the the same color decals on the side that you can only see when you hit the, with right. light. Yeah. Okay. So I go to this burglary, and I pull up behind these guys. They have no idea. They think it's just someone else. They were burglarizing a party. Okay. Uh, They were kicked out and were told not to come back, and then they locked all the doors. Well, these guys were kicking on the door trying to get back in. Well, I pull up behind them. They're walking back, and they're just looking at the car, and they just blow it off. Mm -mm. They don't see that that's a police car and was a cop sitting in it yeah well, it's me and I'm from I'm seven feet from them just looking at them right Well, I know what's going to happen. they're going to get in the car if they if they start to drive off well I can't chase them and so I mean I, I could have but burglarizing a party, I'm not going to risk chasing doesn't, doesn't work yeah pursuit. and it's there's a foot of snow on the ground. I should mm. give you a little imagery. This is a uh, uh, little bit north in the town, so an older neighborhood foot of snow on the ground. So I'm not going to chase them. And uh, so they look at me again, and I get on the radio, and I say, they're about to leave, so I'm going to hit the lights. As soon as I hit the lights, they're going to run. So my help is coming as fast as he can, but, again, there's snow on the ground. And they start to get in the car, so boom, I hit the lights real quick. Well, of course, they take off. I jump out. I had already cracked my door, so I'm off and running, too. Well, they run about... uh, 75 yards 50 yards and split so i gotta pick one so i just take the one that runs straight ahead i'm chasing him side note on a on the video when i watched it later the other one just circled right back around got in the car and drove off oh (laughs) but i'm chasing this kid and i'm chasing him forever and i could see him but he's weaving in and out of the houses Right. That dumb, dumb didn't realize he's leaving a trail in the fresh powder. <laughs> so I just stick with it. Right. And, uh, I catch him about three blocks down the road and, uh, I catch up to him and I tackle him. Why not? It's snow. Right. 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 I tackle him. I bound him up and I, am yelling at him going, that's right. The athlete in me came. Yeah. out I said, that's right. You don't run from the police. That's right. Don't ever run from me again. And I knew his name cause I, uh, we had dealt with him before. And, uh, just talking all kinds of trash to him. I caught you, you know. I got all this gear on, I caught you. And uh, I signal for my help to find. He's looking for me, and he comes driving down real fast. Comes up, and uh, he jumps out. He goes, "Want well, me to get him?" I said, "Yeah, get him for me." And uh, he goes and picks up. I go around his car to where he can't see, or a, a car, and I about puke. My lungs are on fire because it's cold out. And I just. (laughs) 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 That's awesome. 15 seconds before that, I'm talking trash. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah,
0: He doesn't have to see the other part.
2: Yeah, yeah, I went, went (laughs) I'm bent over behind a car. (laughs) 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 That's awesome.
3: One night, I had a partner at the time, which was rare. We were in Armadale. And at 7th and Kansas Avenue, at that time, there was no left turn. And we were sitting at the intersection, and a car comes down the street and makes an illegal left turn right in front of us. So we turned around and went to stop him, and he took off. And we pursued him up onto I-70, down I-70 to Lewis and Clark Viaduct. Across Lewis and Clark Viaduct, we notified Kansas City, Missouri, because he wasn't driving extremely fast, but he wouldn't stop. Right. We chased him across Lewis and Clark. Kansas City, Missouri joined in on the chase. <clears throat> he went over to Paseo, got off on Paseo, started down Paseo, and we'd try to get up beside him, and he'd always swerve at us like he was trying to run us off the road. Oh, wow. So finally... We got up, got in a position. I was the passenger in the car. I took my revolver out and had it in my hand, and we was able to get up beside the guy, and I held my revolver up because I didn't know what he had or might right. have. Right. When I held my revolver up, we're running about 45, 50 mile an hour. He turned and seen the revolver, put his hands up, laid down in the seat, and immediately struck a light pole.
0: Oh, yeah. Crashed so, into a light pole. While still moving. While he, he
3: while he's running about 50 miles an hour. Uh, by the time the car stopped bouncing around, Missouri had bailed out of their cars and apprehended the man. And We took him down to Kansas City, Missouri to uh, book him. While we were down there booking him, we thought he would just run a red light. And I'm thinking to myself, well, why would you run for
0: yeah for a I- minor I- traffic an yeah.
3: illegal turn, you know? Well, while we were booking him, we found out that he had abducted a woman down at Third and Kansas Avenue, taken her in an alley behind a building just west of Seventh Street, and tried to rape her. Hmm. Was unsuccessful, so he took a an old bumper jack and hit her across the chest with it, mm. split her breast and chest open, kicked her out of the car, and had just pulled out on the street and made the illegal left turn in front of us. Oh, wow, sure. So we're chasing him for making a left turn, and he's running because he thinks we're after him because of his abduction and assault. Right, right. So you never know what you're getting into. <laughs> <laughs>
0: no, no, uh-uh. that's excellent. Thank you to the officers who were willing to sit down and share these oral histories. If you would like to participate, please contact me through the Hate Chaplain Facebook page. The views expressed here are the personal views of the hosts and our guests and do not necessarily represent the views of any law enforcement agency or its components. If you liked what you heard here today, please share this episode with a cop or someone who loves a cop. Thank you for listening today. And as always, pray for peace in our city.